so each time I'm going to teach from being a safe helper, which is um, starts on page 112. So I'll, I'll pick up a couple of these topics. And this section is supposed to be very practical things about uh, how, what to do in a session as a safe helper. And so I'll sprinkle a few topics in each week. And so tonight we're going to talk about God's role in resolution. So I'm on page 113. We call the one that needs help, we call them the hurting one. We don't use client language because we're not counselors. We just say hurting one or wounded one. And then the one that we help, we call them a safe helper. And we use that term because they have to both be safe, meaning they're not going to harm them and they're not going to share what's discussed in the session with anybody else. And then the second part is helper. Not only have to be safe, they have to be helpful. They have to have tools to help them resolve their list. And so the helper part implies that they've been trained. They may be trained in many things, but at least trained in PR. Now, as believers, we're all human. So at times, we're the hurting one. At other times, though, we're the one that's the safe helper. They're one the giving help. And when we act in this role as a safe helper, we're doing it before God in prayer. And so it's like it's part of our role of being in the priesthood. One day we might receive a session, so somebody else is acting in the role of a priest for us as a safe helper. And the next day we might be helping someone and we're the safe helper, we're the priest. And so it can go both ways. Uh, a lot of people, they want to help, but they don't know how. And so the whole purpose then of this course is for those people, is to teach them how to help, how to be more helpful, how to be more effective in helping others. One thing we need to wrap our head around is what is God's role in resolution? I mean, is God just uh, a bystander? He's just an observer that passively watches as we talk and pray? Or is he an active participant? We can include him passively in many ways. You know, we can stick a picture of Jesus on the wall. That's very passively including God. He really isn't actively involved. Another passive way to include him is just, you know, pray at the beginning to him and pray at the end, but don't include him in the work in between. Other passive ways we include people in the church is we tell the wounded one, just give the problem to the Lord. Well, if they knew how to do that, they wouldn't be asking you. That's a great phrase, but they don't know how to do it. And so when we tell them that, it's very it's a very passive response. Another thing you might hear is just read the word and memorize scripture more. But the problem is, if that's all it takes, then they wouldn't be looking for help from you. They may have been reading the word and memorizing scripture for years, and they still have a problem. They came to you for help and to just 
brush them off with this kind of phrase is not helpful. When we do that, we're being very passive. And actually, when we do that, we're including God in a very passive way also. If we are passive, what we mean is that we're sufficient in ourselves. When we don't include God, it means we don't need him. We're sufficient in ourselves. Our reasoning is all we need to understand. Our willpower is all the power that we need to change. Our standard of right and wrong, apart from him, is enough. We don't need anything else. And so when we don't include God in an active way, when we include him in a passive way, that's what it implies. And actually, secular counseling is that list, but we're not doing secular counseling. We're doing discipleship, and we need to include God in the process, or it's not discipleship. We're not enough in ourselves to bring resolution. Our reason isn't enough. Our beliefs are not enough. Our feelings are not enough. Our standard is not enough. If it wasn't enough, why would we pray? We wouldn't need to. Why would we include God in the process? If we're enough, then we wouldn't need to, but we are not enough. If we want to fully resolve these things, we need to include God in an active way in the process. We can't talk long enough to solve it. We can't think hard enough to solve it. We need God's intervention and God's response to prayer in order to bring resolution, to bring complete resolution. So if we're going to actively include him, then we're going to partner with God during the session. We do that by praying in specific ways throughout the session. We partner with God by expecting him to bring healing in response to our prayer. And we ask God to reveal the things that need to be known in order to help us understand. And so like when you're stuck in the session, you don't know what to do. What do you do? You pray. And you tell God, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And we ask God to help us direct us. So a lot of people, they think that I always know what to do. So I'll tell you a little secret. I don't always know what to do. I often don't know what to do. But what I do know is that at that moment, I need to pray and tell God, I don't know what to do. What should we do? What's next? Where should we go? We need to Include God in the session in this way, uh, by praying throughout the session. If you want to get technical, prayer resolution is not a therapy. Why? If you look in the DSM manual, which records all the different mental diseases and therapies, you won't find prayer in there because prayer is a spiritual discipline and the counselors that follow the DSM, it's not, it's a secular, it's secular counseling. Prayer is not a therapy according to the world's standards of counseling. It's another reason why I think this is discipleship. If you are a counselor and you want insurance to pay for your session, 
your counselor can't tell them that I do prayer therapy. They will not get paid. There's codes that are keyed off of the DSM manual. And so they have to employ some other method in addition to prayer in order to get paid. We are actively engaging God and expecting him to respond to prayer. And that's discipleship. Isn't that what we want God to do when we pray? Even when we're not in a session, we pray and we want him to respond. That's our relationship with him. Now, as safe helpers, it's easy to fall into the trap that I'm sufficient in my own. It's easy to think that I can just figure it out, that I have the answers. We have to make sure that we leave space for God in the session, not just fill it with our own experience and knowledge. That experience and knowledge is useful, but it's not enough by itself. We have to be sure. So it's not enough to talk. You can't talk the problem away. You have to talk until you come to the point where you know what to pray. And it's God's response to prayer that brings the healing. 